All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. You're listening to Oilers Nation Radio, presented by The Nation Network. Subscribe for free on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Thank you very much, Lisa. Welcome to Oilers Nation Radio, episode 135. I am Bag Milk. As always here with Tyler Uremchuk, Rick, and Dan, we are going to break down the week that was for the Edmonton Oilers. But first, we must start by thanking our friends at Sherwood Ford the Giant, out in Sherwood Park, Alberta. Check them out on Twitter, at Sherwood Ford, and on Instagram, at Sherwood Ford underscore the Giant. If you need some service, they're there for you. If you want one of them new Broncos, they're there for you. If you want a 1987 Ford Escort GT, they might ghost you on that one. You might have to look for that one. Yeah, you might have to look at that one yourself. I've been trying for a year and a bit now, and you know the battle has not ended, but I still do not have my 1987 Ford Escort GT. So we will continue trying Sherwood Ford if you're listening to this. Drew, Dave, anybody? Four 1987 Ford Escort GTs. Thank you. Again, on Twitter, at Sherwood Ford, and on Instagram, at Sherwood Ford underscore the Giants. But as we do every single week, we start off this podcast with the Sherwood Ford Giant question of the week. Mr. Yaremchuk, what do you have for us? The Sherwood Ford Giant question of the week. Giant, giant, giant. Yes, Dan, giant. Have the Oilers exceeded expectations so far this season? Have they done better than you thought they were? It's a very simple giant question of the week. Who wants to start us off? Dan, you're the giant, 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 giant question, man. What do you think? I have got a giant answer for you, and it's to be determined. But uh, for uh, see, well, at the start of the year, I Up said that today, I think though. that the Oilers were going to go to the Stanley Cup finals. And so, <laughs> or no, I said they were going to compete in the, the four-team tournament, four. however that's going to work. Yeah. And so, so for me, there's still stuff to be determined. Um, their efforts against teams like Toronto – 
uh, Montreal sometimes uh, have left me leaving wanting more. But the fact that they were able to sweep the Ottawa Senators, they've handled the Vancouver Canucks very well, the Winnipeg Jets very well. Um, I'm going to say that they are right where I expected them to be. Interesting. Rick, what do you think? Oilers meet, exceed, not meet expectations? No, they're right where I expected them to be. I said that they would come out of the I said they're going to come out of the north as well. Um, I don't know when we did this or, or where it's posted, but uh, that was my that was my my prediction for the year. Um, so yeah, no, I thought it would be between us and Toronto to, to come up to win the division, and I think it'll come down to that. And we're we're pretty much right where I expected it to be. We're playing well right now, and I hope we just keep rolling into the playoffs like this. I also thought the Oilers are going to be right where they are battling for the top of the division. There's no reason they shouldn't have been up at the top of the division. The things where I guess I'm a little bit surprised, like Dan touched on it a little bit, uh, the record versus Toronto. I don't think Toronto is that good where it's, it's so lopsided necessarily. I think more of the Oilers played poorly rather than Toronto played excellently. Uh, Montreal is also a little bit surprising, but um, yeah, they're exactly where I wanted them to be. They're in the mix for a playoff spot. They're fighting for home ice advantage in the playoffs. So it's kind of what I wanted. You know, it would have been nice. I'm, I'm going to expand the question after Tyler gives his answers. I want to get into yeah. some individual players a little bit, but um, they're kind of right where I thought they would be. Tyler? For me, I understand saying they're right where you thought they were going to be because I also kind of thought, hey, they're probably going to come second or third in the in the North Division. So that makes sense. I didn't think they would have a playoff spot sort of wrapped up as quickly as they did. Like, it hasn't exactly been a sweat, to use the gambling term, for them to make the playoffs. Like it's kind of felt like for almost a month and a half, it's been like, Hey, if they just keep playing decent hockey, they're going to get in. And now for the last sort of three weeks, it's been like, yeah, they're getting in. They're probably coming second or third. Like I didn't expect, I thought these last games coming down the stretch against Calgary and Winnipeg, were going to be like these huge games and Vancouver that determine the playoffs. And right up until the bitter end, we're going to be nervous about whether or not the Oilers can make it, but they've just sort of like waltzed their way through the last month. It's interesting. I yeah, think I mean, that's I, a good, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead okay. Yeah. Well, I was just going to say like for Tyler, I think you're right that I, I think we probably expected a little bit more from the competition below them. Uh, but that's been the big issue for me has been Calgary has been horrendous. Vancouver has had flourishes of good looking hockey, but for the most part, they've been bad. Montreal has had, has been buoyed by the fact that they won some games early in the season and have been able to kind of, snatch victory from the jaws of defeat here towards the end. And it'll probably clinch a playoff spot just because of that. Uh, And then Ottawa has been exactly who we thought they were. So yeah, I I think that it's a fair assessment, but I don't think it's necessarily been that the Oilers have been world beaters. It's just that the other division teams that are below them definitely haven't been. Dan brought up my next point. Let's look at the division as a whole, just to expand the question a little bit. Uh, I think for me personally, Edmonton, Toronto, they're exactly where we thought they were up in the top two of the league, Winnipeg. Um, I kind of thought that Winnipeg wouldn't be as good, I guess, but they're doing fine. Calgary, I thought would be better, admittedly. Ottawa's exactly where I thought they'd be, and Vancouver is kind of also where I thought they'd be. So to me, the bigger surprises are I thought Calgary would be a little bit better, um, and I thought Montreal was fake news, and they kind of are. If they didn't have nine OTLs, yeah. I mean, they have fewer regulation wins in the flame. So it's Montreal is scraping they, by. They have fewer wins straight up than the flames right now, I believe. Yep. yep. Um, They've got 21 wins. Montreal does and, and Calgary is 22. 
for me, like I, I kind of thought Toronto would win and I had it as Toronto as one tier. I'd Winnipeg Edmonton as the next tier and I actually had Winnipeg finishing above Edmonton. And then I had Calgary as my fourth playoff team, then Montreal, then Vancouver. And I thought it'd be close between Montreal and Vancouver, which I guess it could end up still being that way. Um, but it looks like, I think Calgary is kind of, if you were to, you know, pull the fan bases and rank them on who's the most disappointed, Calgary's probably the most disappointed they're not in the playoffs. Yeah. Rick, who do you, like, if you're looking at the North division, does anybody surprise you where they're at currently? Uh, the top three are kind of where I thought they'd be and who they are. Uh, Montreal, Calgary, I, I would have had battling out for that last spot. And Vancouver, Ottawa, I think everyone sits here and says, you know, you kind of expected what you're getting out of Ottawa. I think they've looked better than what everybody expected them to. They're supposed to come in and get kicked around. Um, against us, they don't have a very good record, but against everybody else, their record actually isn't that bad. It's, uh, it might still be the, the bottom of the, of the division, but it's not the, uh, the whipping boy that everyone makes them sound out to be. They're actually a pretty good team. And if they fill that team with the right top-end veterans – to help walk along with the, with the, with the kids, they'll be, uh, they'll be okay for a long, long time. Yeah. I don't think any of us, I'm pretty sure I'm trying to think back to our preseason predictions. I don't think any of us had Ottawa necessarily as an easy out. Um, well, I think, every, I, I think from that point, from that point of view, I think everyone's like, yeah, Ottawa, you know, they're super young. They're, they're going to get walked on. I mean, everybody kind of assumed they, they have a record against them like we do, but we're the only ones who, uh, who, who do have that record against them. We just, ma- we match up well against them. They've played well against them. They've executed every time we go, we'll go against them. So they've actually been better than I expected. Not to two my own horn, but I believe it was on this podcast where I said, whoever gets that final playoff spot might come down to how many points you didn't let slip against the Ottawa senators. And in a way that's rung true. Like if Calgary would have been, like a little bit better. What's Calgary two and five or something like that against Ottawa. Right. So let's say Calgary would have gone four and three against the senators. Then they would be, they'd be sitting there tied with the Habs right now and fucking the dog against Ottawa. Shout out Eric Francis, free space on the bingo card. That's screwed them out of a playoff (laughs) spot. Idiot. Uh, That one aged like a fine wine. Dan looking at the North, looking at the North division. Who's surprises you, Dan? Well, for me, I think that, Again, we're, we've been trying to track down where we actually put these predictions into the ethos. And if anybody knows what episode that is, let us know because yeah, professional uh, podcast we've, we've, we've been very good. Not. Yeah, we've been very good at tracking our own predictions. But uh, I I believe I went on record as saying the Calgary Flames were not as good as everybody was saying that they were. Um, for me, it, it's been exactly what I thought that they were with Giordano aging himself out. Uh, you know, Kachuk has absolutely lost some kind of edge. I didn't see that coming for sure, but, but yeah, that, that team for me has been the, the, what I expected of them. Uh, and then on the flip side, I, I thought that the Vancouver Canucks were going to be a little bit better than they were. Um, I thought Holtby wasn't going to be that much of a step down from Markstrom and who he was for them last year. And I definitely thought Demko was going to get more of the, uh, the load going forward, but uh it didn't play out that way. Uh, and as Rick said, I, I think that to our credit, everybody on this panel, we nobody discounted Ottawa as being an easy out. I don't think any of us would have predicted a 9-0 and against the Senators this year for sure um, for us. So, yeah, it's a, it's it's been kind of a, a predictable division, but it's still been exciting. And I don't think, and I disagree wholeheartedly with the pundits that are saying that this is the easiest division in hockey. Oh, for sure. And let's go back and look at all these professionals who didn't even have us in the fucking playoffs, man. Like, we here here at this podcast definitely had them 
a level up compared <laughs> to what a lot of people <laughs> one, had. One, two, or three, yeah. Man, they some of them had like there was a lot of people Montreal coming happen. ahead of us. Like everyone was better. Yeah. Than, it was actually it was. Remember when Montreal wild. was the juggernaut? They should have posted yeah. that on their fucking dressing room, man. They hung a, it was they like hung a banner for Bergevin. Every year, the first, I would say, month of the season is just a complete gong show with teams shooting the moon and others not having a good start. But this year was even weirder because there was no preseason or or anything like that. And Montreal just kind of ran out of the gates and then they just sputtered since. So I want to bring it back to the Oilers, though. Um, let's talk about specific players that maybe did or did not meet expectations i'm going to start things off here just to give you guys an easy example kyle turris we've all said it i thought when he signed if we look back if we re-listen to our free agency episode because we were recording this podcast during free agency i don't think anybody any of us would have expected kyle turris to be as ineffective as he has been maybe not i don't think anybody expected him to be like the ottawa senators tourist from five six years ago but I don't think any of us would have expected him to be a nightly healthy scratch. Um, he's one guy for me that just didn't come anywhere close to expect- expectations. And I say that as not having very high expectations for him. So he's been uh, under delivered in by miles for me. Dan, Did we know? Yeah. I mean, sorry, Rick, but yeah, for me, it's, it's uh, the biggest surprise and it's been a good surprise. And I think all four of us can hang our heads in shame because we didn't see this coming and we're very happy to see it now is Mike Smith's resurgence. He's been unbelievable at the ripe age of 39 comes in and, you know, you have barring to add that, in that he's playing like he's 29. You can't say his yeah, age without absolutely. saying that. You know? Absolutely. And and barring barring that injury earlier in the year, we'd probably be in first place the way he's been playing all the rest of the year for us. So it's uh, it's yeah for me. It, there's just there's nothing else that compares to the fact that we have a goalie that everybody here, everybody I think in oil country said was you know a mistake to sign. He's turned it around. He's headed. He's in that Vesna conversation. He'll probably end up four or five in the Vesna conversation, yeah. and uh, we we can all be happy about that. I don't think you need to hang team. your head in shame, though. Like I think it was reasonable to think <laughs> that a thirty-nine-year-old okay. wasn't going to be good. It's okay to be wrong, and that's I. Yeah, we have is. to embrace that, right? But like you I don't, don't feel shame that. for thinking Mike Smith is going to be shitty. <laughs> I think we can, we can give him props. Shame. Like he deserves credit, but like I mean, there was a reason he's everyone thought he was going to be bad. Stupid. He's making us look stupid, Tyler. Be embarrassed. Uh, we're going to talk more about Mike Smith in a, in a minute because I agree with Dan. He's a hell of a story coming out of this season. But back to the point, who is under-delivered, over-delivered, either or? Rick, you got a name? Well, I think the easy one for over-delivered is still somehow, at the end of the day, Connor McDavid. Huh, yeah. uh, it doesn't matter. what. I mean, I, actually, I just pulled up this, the uh, – I just pulled up our little, uh, our little list that Dan pinned – I had him at 85 points. Bag Milka had him at 81 points. He already passed Dan, it. <laughs> Dan had him at 99 and Ty has him at 94. Um, yeah, even I thought 99 was, was, was silly. But yeah, somehow he can, he can still almost get there. But the thing that I'm most surprised with and most happy with is the overall team defense. I know it looks good for Mike Smith, but Mike Smith hasn't had to... He hasn't had to win us any games the way Cujo had to win us games, the way that Roley won us a couple of games. He hasn't really had to do that. He's had to be extremely solid. He's had to be definitely in like a, a 920 type, but he hasn't had to pull off some of those wins he had even from last year. And if you look in the last 10 games, I think it is now, Miko's numbers are right on his tail. I think Miko's at 
a 920 or somewhere right around there too. It's the team playing well in front of them. That's making their job easier. I think you're right about more recent uh, games that we played, but there was a stretch there, especially when Smith first came back and no, when, going last forward. Year when he, when he won he, against Philadelphia last year, that's when he's out stealing games or Pittsburgh or whatever the hell it was where he had like 48 saves or something silly like that. He hasn't had any of those this year. There's I don't been, want to get anything away from him. He's been extremely solid. He's been exactly what you need in, in a number one goaltender, which is not a number one goalie, but he hasn't had to um, come out and steal, steal anything he, the way he has before. He has had to play an absolutely stellar game yeah, for, the, for the first like first half of his season, right? So if you remove those first 15 games, I think he's had to play stellar. And that's why when Miko Koskinen would come in in relief, you were seeing those early goals and people were frustrated with Miko. I do agree with you that the team is playing a lot better defensively as the season has rolled on. And I give full credit to Tippett and the staff for that. But but for me, I, I disagree. I do believe that he has had to have some games where, you know, I, I'm thinking off the top of my head against the Winnipeg Jets where they just absolutely shelled us in the first periods. And then he would have to keep us alive in that period, keep us alive in the second period, and then we woke up and played. Sure, maybe, third, he, so. maybe, kept, maybe he kept us alive for a period or so, but we still end up winning that game by, by a little bit. Or if that's the one where, where uh, Leon scores with under a second to go, you know, yeah, he keeps us in there. But he hasn't had to, like, there's no 45 saves out there. I don't think anyways, it's off my head. Tyler, can you mediate this argument, please? Uh, He's had to make 40 saves once this year so far, but here's what I'll say. I'm counting the amount of times he's had to have a save percentage of 950 or better. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten times this year. He's had to have a save percentage of... How many of those are one goal games? I... Like, is he throwing up a 950 against fucking Ottawa? Uh, yeah, there's a couple sends games like nine fifty seven two nine fifty two against Calgary. Then there's one against Ottawa. Then Montreal, Ottawa, Winnipeg, Ottawa, Toronto, Winnipeg, Vancouver, Montreal are his four best are- starts. But here's what I'll say. Here's what I'll say. One of those he only made thirteen saves, and it was a relief appearance against Toronto. So throw it out. And there are actually three of those games where he faced under twenty five shots. So I think you're both right in a sense. Like there have been games this year where he's quote unquote. There's been <laughs> fucking games this Switzerland year. coming in here. Well, no, like there's been games this year where he has stolen it for them. There's also been games this year where he maybe hasn't necessarily like stood on his head and stolen the game. But if he would have been average and not good, it like goes to overtime or maybe they don't bring it overtime or something like that. Like, I don't know. I, I just think the term like stealing a game is a very loose definition. And Mike Smith has given them a lot of good hockey. And I think mm-hmm. sometimes you don't appreciate good hockey when you forget what bad goaltending is like and bad goaltending fucking sinks you. And when your goaltending's bad, oh, it's, you it's, it's yeah. And it's you sit there, there though and you go, you go, oh man, we just need a goalie. Who's not going to fuck up. And then mm-hmm. Mike Smith comes in and like, he's put together so many games this year where he's not fucked up. And that's still huge. He makes that thing. next save. He makes that next save. He makes yeah. that save that needs I, to be made hundred percent. I agree with you. <laughs> I appreciate you saying that I'm right, Tyler. Um, you said but, I'm right. Uh, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> what I will say, like looking at the game log, is that all the wins in Mike in Mike Smith's <laughs> year, except for Vancouver, he's allowed two goals or less. That's to me, that's just absolutely solid goaltending. And you're right, Rick. You don't necessarily, you haven't necessarily needed Herculean efforts from Mike Smith. Yeah, he hasn't that's had to I have think, a shutout. That's what I think stealing in a, in a one to nothing game, but having allowing two goals in every win except for one of them that's that's saying that the team doesn't but have if to all give the, you that but if all the support. shot if all the shots are outside the key to bring up a basketball term if all the shots are outside of a dangerous area then i'm sorry every nhl goaltender is kind of expected to have a pretty high save average mm-hmm. 
And Tyler, I think got- that's where he's done for us. I think he's been very, very, I think he's been very solid. He's definitely worth everything. He, all of his numbers. I just, yeah, the stealing to me is like what Cujo did in 97 against Dallas. Tyler, wrap it up. You got a player that has either exceeded or under-delivered in terms of expectations. How about, uh, how about Darnell Nurse stepping up this year and, and taking the step forward that he managed to do? Um, that was huge for this team. We spent sort of all offseason saying, you know, on the left side to fill in for Clefbaum, Russell's going to have to be so good. Jones is going to have to take a big step forward. But the reality is that Darn- it was Darnell Nurse who actually had to take the big step forward. And he turned himself into a guy who could play 30 minutes if you need him to. And I think that was massive for this team. I think that made the group in front of or the goalie look a lot better when you have a guy like Darnell Nurse out there. Hasn't been exactly all smooth sailing, but the step forward has still been impressive. So he's been huge. Got to give some love to Yessa Pugliarvi as well. I mean, the way he's turned himself around, he's gone from an afterthought and, and managed to flip the switch and become an integral part of this team's top six, not just this year, but next year and the year after and the year after and the year after that. I think he's here, going to be here for a really, really long time. So those are the two that stand out for me on the positive side. On the negative side, yeah, it's Taurus, I'd say. It's maybe to an extent Dominic Cahoon, who's been a little bit more up and down than you would have liked, but still, I I think he does some good stuff out there. I'm not going to sit here and shit all over Dominic Cahoon. So, yeah, like the big negative is Taurus. And aside from that, I I think most players have at least lived up to expectations to an extent. I would say for... One small negative would just be Tyler Ennis. I hoped for more from him. It's not that he's been yeah, really he hasn't gotten team, no yeah, opportunities. He's not detrimental to the team. No, no opportunities though, really. Yep. I have I don't remember anything where he looked really bad out there. And just well, for the, it is just, interesting that he's just not playing, you know? For the yeah, exactly. And that's and that's disappointing to me just because, you know, we brought him in last year, thought it was gonna be a big, you know, big acquisition for us, and then we brought him back at a really good number, thinking we got a value acquisition. We didn't get that. Two to Tyler's point about Jesse Pugliarvi, I just wanted to note I did find our predictions for his goal predictions. Bag milk, you're currently sitting in the leaderboard on the leaderboard with 12 goals, which he currently has. Um, Tyler, you said he was gonna have eleven, I said he was gonna have ten, and Rick, you Eight said seventeen. 17. So just as he a, needs a heater to get that right. He, he needs a he needs a heater. I'd love well, to see him hit a heater. After last night's third period, man, I don't know what the hell happened there. He yeah, the dude saw like less than a buck and a half of ice time. Um, really had no no injury, no real mistakes. I don't think I really saw anything out there. Um, I understand you missed a couple shifts here and there just by maybe trying to sneak together uh, Leon Connor and Yam, and I get that especially when you're one of the young guys, but to see that much time, um, not have them out there. I, especially when you're down, you got no goalie and you're, you're going into the corners. What's the, what you want a guy who, who knocks a puck loose, right? And that guy can do it from the other side of the ice. So it really made no sense why he wasn't out there when he really needed the, the puck from the corner and stood bigger body out there. Speaking of needing something, I need myself something to eat because it's Friday and I don't like to cook and I have no food in my house. Tyler, you know yep. what that means? That means I peruse the selection at skipthedishes.ca and mm. I welcome them to bring me delicious food right to my doorstep. Then I tip my driver. I wave at him from the window after he drops off my contact-free delivery and I make my way inside and have a feast. And it all starts at skipthedishes.ca. Get yourself something to eat this weekend. Lots of local options. Maybe even try... This goes back to a real-life conversation. Maybe even try something you've never had before, Tyler. Maybe like what? try a food like sushi that you've never eaten before. Maybe this is the weekend. Maybe skip. You've never had sushi? No. 
<laughs> and you just had he's your also never eaten a shrimp. Day? Yep. He's also never eaten shrimp. Have you or ever onion had a rings. Shrimp? What? <laughs> yeah. What is happening right now? How did never, you never have? Like, I've also the, never. Know, like, yeah. Pardon me. <laughs> like I've a never tournament. Eaten, You're at a tournament. It's a Saturday. The first game. What did played. you just walk into? Was I don't know, but my video's not working. That's really weird. Yeah, turn on your video. I can't even see Was. No, it's, yeah, I've also, I've also no, never eaten rings. a vegetable. Okay. Cause that I don't I'm believe. Just at all. <laughs> I don't believe it. But like sushi, but though. Tyler's point? never yeah. eaten. Tyler's never eaten sushi. Tyler has never eaten a full onion ring. Let's be clear. Let's make sure that you've had a bite right. of one, but not. I the think whole so. Ring. Yeah, I think I've like drunkenly tried an onion or like taken a bite of an onion ring, but I've never like sat Do down and like, like had onion rings. Okay, so you don't skip like the onions? dishes. I like onions. you're listening. I know you're listening. Skip the dishes. What's happening right Every now? episode until forever, <laughs> you send Tyler one thing he hasn't eaten before, and we do it live on the podcast. We're it's making a, long... a web series this summer called Uremchuk Tries. Yep. Nice. When you get yeah, when we get it back into the uh, when we get back in the studio, I will take care of that personally. I will bring something in every damn day. <laughs> we are with the long list. So this I'm gonna switch to my phone off. real quick. Yeah, we got it, Waz. You're yeah. good, buddy. <laughs> it's gonna, uh, it's it, it's gonna be a great series. I'm looking forward to Tyler actually, you know, overcoming his baby palate. I'm. Nervous. Can we do this in a park? Can we do this in a park somewhere? Yep, real nice, sitting in the sun. Today is a beautiful Friday afternoon. Gorgeous out there. Lovely. Uh, if you heard a random voice in here and don't know who the fuck that was, <laughs> that was Matthew Wozniak, our new social media coordinator, who was supposed to know that this was live. Yes, Tyler? <laughs> yeah, I texted him. I said, hey, we'll be live right when I add you in after this ad read. And he just decided hey. to announce to us that he was whatever. I don't know. Fine. So we're going to explain to Waz when he comes back what live means when he jumps back in, just so that he doesn't just throw random uh, random tidbits of information like his camera network, yeah. you know? <laughs> to an audio podcast. Yeah, as soon as he gets back <laughs> in here, we will question him. Of course, again, Matt Wozniak is our new team member at The Nation. He's helping out on social media. You've probably seen his face on Instagram and TikTok already if you follow us there. We will talk to him as soon as he gets his tech in order. All right, oh, so we did, a, we did a little bit of talking about... He is back? I think so. We are waiting patiently. There he is. There's Waz. There we go. Now we're good. There All we right, go. buddy. Now I can see. <laughs> Jeez. All right. Waz, just so you know, this is live. We are oh, recording perfect. the podcast now. Nice. Are you set? Are you yeah, ready? Yeah, we're good. Yeah, my, my, everything's working. So, Are you feeling good? Are you yeah. feeling confident? Do you oh, know about hot and cold performers? Yes, I've listened to the podcast. Really? Oh, yeah. so oh, always nice, to, fan. So always fan. nice to meet a fan. Yeah. You're the first one to join our show and say that. <laughs> well, that's I mean, awesome. I also have to edit the stuff, so I kind of have an idea. Uh, that's, <laughs> oh, it's uh, part of work, I guess. Before We're we get alive. into before we get into the Jets and Flames recap, I just want to have a quick chat with Boss. Who are yeah, you? Sure. Why are you here? What are you doing yeah. with the nation? Uh, well, I'm basically just helping you guys create some more social media content, especially on the video side of things. Uh, where I come from is basically, oddly enough, is a soccer background. I know, I know not a lot of hockey fans like soccer, but I do have a uh, big passion for hockey. I think I've been watching and paying attention to hockey longer than I've been into the soccer world. So, Well, give them, yeah. give them, give them a taste of that, Waz, because you people may not know you've got a sizable <laughs> soccer podcast. Yeah, so uh, my friends and I here from Edmonton, we do a soccer podcast called The 90th Minute. And on TikTok, we've been able to grow around 128,000 followers on there. And then probably around 17, 18,000 subscribers on YouTube. So we've, we've uh, built a quite the following over the last year because of the pandemic. 
and just kind of taking advantage of the time. And yeah, it's crazy what TikTok can do in terms of growing a brand and everything. Now, now we got you helping us with that. Yeah, this is perfect. I love hockey. It's like it's a mix of both worlds now for me. So if you're following us on TikTok at Oilers Nation, on Instagram at Nation underscore ON, you'll see Waz there. Yeah. He has prompts. He has videos, <laughs> he has questions. He creates videos from the podcast as well. So lots of stuff coming from Waz as we move forward towards the end of the season and the playoffs. Now, intros out of the way. Let's talk about mm. the week that was. Let's start with the Jets series. Two massive wins for the Oilers. Uh, 6-1 demolishing on night one. Uh, a little bit closer on night two. Let's just start with the series as a whole. Tyler, what do you think about the way the Oilers were able to just handle the Jets, a potential playoff opponent here in round one? It gave me hope and it gave me reason. And I'm finally starting to think this is more than just the Oilers catching the Jets on a couple off nights. I'm finally believing that this is just a bad matchup. Like the Jets have a slow boots guy on every pairing there. And I just think stopping Connor McDavid is going to be too hard for them. So at first I was still a little bit nervous about how the Oilers might match up against Winnipeg. The Connor Hellebuck thing still scared me. Their forward group being fairly deep scared me. Their blue line, I thought they could overcome that issue, but I'm clear now that they cannot overcome that issue. I I just think the Jets don't know how to stop Connor McDavid. I think their forward group might actually be a little bit overrated. And I, I really like some of the guys they have, but something's not clicking there right now. Uh, those two wins cemented in my brain that this is actually a good matchup for the Oilers. Waz, what do you think? Yeah, I'll agree with that. I mean, it, it kind of, it's like, if you think about it, if it's a seven game series, really how long can the Jets hold the Oilers for? I mean, maybe five games. Uh, so far, it's been just an easy matchup. Dan, you're looking at the Jets, potential playoff matchup in round one. What do you see in between them, between well, these two teams? Preseason, I said that that Jets team goes where Connor Hellebuck lets them go. And I still believe that to this day. I think that the Oilers have shown Connor Hellebuck that he isn't, you know, impenetrable by them. And so I think that, like was said, there's there's just there's no way that that Jets team backed by Connor Hellebuck can manage this team, the Oilers team for seven games total. So it's it might be a little bit longer series just because a good goalie can steal you a game here and there. But at the end of the day, the Edmonton Oilers win the series. It's it's interesting too, because um, Connor Hellebuck, obviously reigning Vesna winner, hell of a goaltender, but for some reason, whatever reason it is, the Oilers, specifically Connor McDavid, his daddy, just absolutely owns him this year. There's nothing he can really do about it. And while on Game Two, that was on Wednesday, he played significantly better than on Monday. It still wasn't enough. Rick, what are you seeing in that matchup? I saw a lot of disrespect at the beginning of the, at the beginning of the year because everybody said that Winnipeg was the better team. I honestly don't think they are. I think Winnipeg is a lot like what Nashville was for three or four years a couple of years ago, and what St. Louis was for three or four years about fifteen years ago. They're just perennial good um, regular season teams, and there just really isn't what it takes to win in the playoffs. And I, I don't think they have that great of a team. They have they have some really great players, and, and there's no lying there. But I just think as a team, they they just don't get it done. I mean, you can win some games. You can look impressive in the in the regular season. And then you get to the playoffs, and it's, and it's a different ball game. And I don't think they're even going to make it that far this year. They're going to go in with a bit of a flat tire, and I don't think it's going to look too good when they get there. Around the horn real quick, are the Jets turning into your preferred playoff matchup for the Oilers in round one? 100%. I'd still, yes. like, I'd still like to play the Canadians first, but Me too. the Jets would be number two. <laughs> Why is that? 
I just think that I think that that team is in shambles right now. I just don't think that they have any kind of like at least with the Jets again, they can they can fall back on Hellebuck. I just don't think Carey Price is the same Carey Price he used to be. And again, I I, I find I find that team as soon as they get a little bit of uh, discomfort or or yeah. issue in their locker room, they just fall apart. And I think the odds of Carey Price stealing a series out of nowhere is le- is less than one of Connor Hellebuck stealing a series. And I look at the blue lines and I'd say the Habs have a better blue line, but they're slow as well. And the forward groups don't compare to me. So yeah, I'd still rather play the Habs, but honestly, I've said this a million times now, no matter how you dice them up, I still think they're all really close to a coin flip. Yeah. No no concern for anybody over just the regular season record versus the Habs. That's the thing. Like the the Habs have found ways to shut us down. Right. So it's like, if we do play them in the first round there, you know, there's a chance that they could beat us, but that's my thing. I just think yeah. that the Habs were buoyed by some early season results against mm-hmm. us. They 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 keep pushing us, man. They're yeah. they're all over us every time we get the puck, and we've had an issue with that. Yep. Um, but it doesn't matter what Winnipeg does. We've been we've we've had the upper hand on them, and I think when you have a an, an opponent bloody like that, you take them in the first round and you beat them and you move on and don't give them any opportunity to uh, to get any steam and it's not somehow if it was against us and the Habs and they play the Leafs and they somehow beat the Leafs now all of a sudden they're on on top of uh, cloud nine, you know that that uh, mental advantage we had going in may not be there anymore. So let's just kill them when we have a chance and then you know maybe Montreal can sneak out against Toronto. Either way, I think we're, we we match up against both those teams kind of sort of the same. It's going to be a seven-game series. Personally, I still don't care who they face. Get in. Yeah. It's a different ball game once mm-hmm. you're in, baby. That's Get in, pour the tequila, let's have some fucking fun. No kidding. I just want that clinch, that little asterisk next to the next five, to the team. Five, That's all five, I want. Five, five points here. It's, it could be done this week. It will be done this weekend. Magic number is five, according to that is Matt Iwaniak I'm looking at for the regular updates on that. So that could get wrapped up as early as Monday, according to his Twitter account. I want to jump. No, that can forward. get wrapped up like, dude. That could be wrapped up by like Sunday. We just need games against that. We don't. We're not even involved in games. Yeah. We need Calgary to lose one or two and bang. Yeah. Over. Well, I'm so bad at math. I'm just going by his Twitter. I have no. Or whoever. Yeah. Whoever <laughs> the. I'm not going to pretend like I'm a scientist. You know. But teams are losing points at the same time, which helps us gain uh, move up without having to play. I just this could I, all be done by tomorrow if, uh, without even looking at the schedule. I don't know, but it could be done right away. I just. You know what. All I care about is that the Oilers just win yourselves it. Who cares what everybody else is doing? What are we? What exactly. are what, what are we going to do? The f- one, two, three, four, five of us here. What are we going to do when they do get that asterisk? Are we going to do it that night? Are we going to you know jump on one of these, have a quick tequila? Are we going to get together the next day and have a whole bunch? Like what? What exactly? How are we going to celebrate this? We could maybe I'm do down an for emergency whatever. pod. Oh, let's this do an emergency is, pod, dude. This emergency is, this pod, is, Mary Clinch miss. The second awesome. time in how long? Yeah, it's been a minute. Last, true, yeah. last year, last year doesn't fucking count, man. Like this, <laughs> we didn't even this, get the joy of Clinchmas yeah. last year. Yeah. Dude, like where's the, where's the electricity in the air right now? Where everyone should be excited. I remember this time of the year back in like the '90s when we were playing Dallas. You know, you could like float in the air. Everybody was so excited out there. I just don't sense that in people right now. I just I need everyone to get the get onto my level here. I do feel like it's because of the lack of fans. I know in the, in the arena. I feel like that's why there's no not much buzz around it. 
Yeah, but you think it's still you the knock out the I know, right? Like, yeah. We should be just fucking vibrating because we don't yeah. get to expel that energy there. It's got to come out somewhere. We it's really so need weird. to crank up our fake crowd noise, you know? I just think <laughs> yeah. when the Oilers went into Winnipeg, their fake exactly. crowd was buzzing and ours was not. <laughs> you it, knock the crazy. fake crowd was. They have been there every single That's true. game. That's true. <laughs> their hearts I'm up. sorry. Except I for, except for that. The, the first uh, like three minutes of the second period last game, they didn't turn it on in the arena. So it was That's just awkward. dead. It was dead quiet. And then like, yeah, the puck goes into the neutral zone, and all of a sudden it was like ah, and they're back, and you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> well, There's this long lineup in the long lineup yeah. in the bathroom. Let's skip ahead to last night's game. It was a tough loss for the Oilers. However, I think there's a little bit to it. Third game in four nights, second of a back to back. Oilers were a little sloppy, a little bit tired, and the mistakes cost them. Uh, was the, they were they were going up against a desperate Flames team that really really needed a win, and that's what happened. That's what they got. Keeps their hopes alive for one day longer. Do I think it's going to make a big difference overall? No, not really. But they live to fight another day. And that's what happened last night. Tough loss. Mistakes ended up in the net. It's like that sometimes. Tyler, what do you think about last night? You were down at Rogers Place where a a bird's eye view of the play. Yeah, I... uh... I don't like the term scheduled loss per se. I don't hate it. But what I would say is that it was an acceptable loss. And people were texting into the radio station today being like, oh, yeah, making fucking excuses for him. You're up, Chuck. Here we go. And I'm like, well, no, you're not making excuses (laughs) for them. But like third game in four nights, they had to travel last night. They probably didn't get back into Edmonton to like three or four in the morning. They're going up against a desperate team. They didn't have their legs. Like people want to crucify them and have Dave Tippett fired because he's not playing Connor McDavid coming out of the TV timeouts in the first period. And I'm like, can we all calm down? Like they're isn't it amazing? It's amazing playoff spot. They're gonna wrap up second in the division, and people are like, Devin Shore can't play with Ryan McLeod. What the fuck is Dave Tippett doing? And it's like, holy shit, everyone, calm down. It's fine. They lost one game. Well, Tampa Bay never loses games. You know this, right? Yes, yes. That was was Tampa Tampa Bay never loses a game. They're never bad. Florida's they're perfect all through the year, and so is Carolina. I guess losing stuff is not what playoff teams do. Well, the interesting thing about that is if you go back historically, every team that has ever won the Stanley Cup has run through it with an 82 and 0 record. And no people aren't talking about that. No, most people aren't talking about that. So it's really I just, I just want Tyler to do his texture voice for an entire episode one day. Yeah, I do like Tyler. <laughs> that is, it is, it is such a good voice. It just makes me feel like he loves and endures every single person that texts him. Is that part station. of the radio program? Is he have to work on like at least one alternative voice? No, um, but my favorite thing, because me and Matt, I want to sound the same. So I was talking today about how sick I am of the negativity around some people and someone texted <laughs> oh, yeah. in and they were like, shut the fuck up. I want it. You're the most negative one on this goddamn station. I can't stand you. And I had to reply and be like, I'm not Matt. And they were like, oh, sorry. I forgot this was Tyler. Just kidding, buddy. I like you. And I was like, all right. Jesus. Was you're in the mix with in socials. You're talking to people in the comments yeah. section on Instagram and TikTok. What are you seeing about what happens after the weather's lost? Uh, it's mostly uh, Flames fans saying that we're garbage, that McDavid should be dealt, that McDavid doesn't deserve this team, and that Mike Smith is uh, still a garbage <laughs> goalie. So, um, yeah, apparently uh, if we lose one game, we should blow up the team. And well, I, that's true. Yeah. That is true. That's a proven way of doing things. The Just think of what you could get for Connor, though. Yeah. You fill all true. those holes. It's true. Yeah, Connor and Leon would get People, a hefty price. It, it seems that, solidify that third line. 
Yeah, out of the uh, Oilers world do not believe that Mike Smith is a good goalie. They think he's still kind of gra- garbage. And he's impressed me this season, so I'm kind of like on this little wagon. It's like, he can be a top five Vesna Cannon and maybe. Maybe. Well, yeah, let's oh, get yeah. through the season. Let's yeah. use up every, every ounce of what we can get this year, and then we'll move well, on in the summertime or something. Let's but, talk about two, Mike Smith. Yeah. I want to talk about him because we mentioned it a little bit earlier. None of us thought the Oilers should have re-signed him. And if you listen to the first podcast after that contract, I, <laughs> I, I mean, there was a reason why we all did our apologies to Mike Smith. We all said, sorry, we didn't expect anything from you and you are providing us with a whole lot. So my question now, what's next? Mike Smith is arguably playing well enough to earn another contract. Now, if you're the Edmonton Oilers, if you're Ken Holland, you keep that one in your pocket for a minute, look around and circle back. What do you think? And let's just go around the horn. You are Ken Holland today. You have to deal with Mike Smith. Tyler, you're up. Well, here's the thing I'll say about using like today is you don't need to make the choice today. Um, you can see how the playoffs go. You can see if he shits the bed in the playoffs. Like you can wait, right? You don't need to sign him to an extension now or before the expansion draft or anything like that. So I think you wait till the end of the year, but let's say he isn't a problem in the playoffs, which I think is likely at this point, then I think you're doing yourself a disservice if you automatically just say, well, he's too old. We aren't signing him. I think it's at the point now where if you have a goalie with numbers like this, you have to think about bringing him back. And what I'll say to that is if Mike Smith is back, Miko Koskinen probably won't be and probably shouldn't be. And if you want to bring back Mike Smith, you go cheap with him. It's probably another bonus laden deal. Maybe you give him a slight uptick, like 1.75 as a base with like 500 gain incentives. Right. And then you go out and you get your Elvis Merzlikens or you go out and get your Darcy Kemper and you pair Mike Smith with someone else who can a probably be your starter next year, even though you're going to come out, say all the right things and go, ah, it's an open competition. It was Schmitty's crease last year, blah, 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 blah. You get someone who you're a little bit more confident in for the next two or three years. And I said this last night on, on a podcast I was guest appearing on. I used the first round pick on Sebastian Cosa and I go get Merzlikens or Kemper and my goaltending for the next 15 years is set. Um, but I think you can bring back Mike Smith and get something for the future as well. I don't think it's one or the other. And that's why I ultimately think Smith will be back next season. Dan, you're next up on my screen. Mike Smith. You're I think, I think Mike Smith is going to announce his retirement on the night that we win the Stanley cup. And then he can go out on top. He can be the goalie that won a Stanley Cup at 39, and uh, it's not even really a conversation. Playing like he's 29. Playing like he's 29. And then we go out and sign another old man because we love old man strength, and we sign Pecorine, and he wins us another cup next year. Okay. Rick, you're next up. Mike Smith. Uh, No, I think you might have to sign him a little bit sooner, just like we did this year. I don't know if he wants to sit back and wait after whatever the new July 1st is this year. So I think you could could see him signing a, a contract much like this. But the ultimate goal will be to get the Elvis type of goaltender in there. And that's what I do think we run with. We run with a Elvis type goaltender, um, someone who's going to have, you know, three, four years as the Oiler number one. Um, and then you bring along Mike Smith. Not only is he really good, oh, had a really good season this year, and you're hoping for 80% of that next year, but he's also really good in dressing room. He works with the guys, the guys feed off of him. And as much as a certain part of, hockey fans out there will say that means nothing because it doesn't really fit into an Excel sheet. That's a massive part of the game. That's a massive part of a team. And you really do need those types of people in your dressing room. So I do think he'll be here as a, uh, as a backup next year. 
Waz, you're pushing the Mike Smith for Vezina on TikTok and Instagram. What do you think about a potential re-signing? I wouldn't mind re-signing to a similar deal, but I also kind of think it depends on who's available in free agency. Because I, I don't really see anyone coming from the farm team anytime soon to replace Mike Smith. I don't see Stuart Skinner, you know, getting the nod next season. So I, I think depending on who's available, he's probably the best option we have. It's going to be interesting to see. And you know what would also be interesting to see is if they do re-sign him. Mm-hmm. And again, the contract, the way he's playing probably merits it. Yeah. What the reaction will be. Because but dude, like a contract. Year, what's his contract right now? Buck and a half. Yeah, so if, you bring him back, if you bring him back next year, Skinner keeps playing the way he he is right now. He may get the opportunity to come up, and if Smith's not playing well, well, guess what? Smith's contract goes into the it goes into the AHL, and that almost goes away. So that his, yeah. his contract's not even going to be an issue. Yeah, you don't want to waste like four hundred K though. Still, but what I'll say is, <sighs> or just quickly on this, you mentioned the UFA goaltenders uh, was. Mm-hmm. The list right now, sorted by wins this year of UFA goalies, Philip Grubauer, he's staying put in Colorado. Then it's Mike Smith. And then it's Reimer, Anderson, Drieger, who's actually probably an interesting oh. name. Brian Elliott, Tuka Rask, Pe- Jonathan Bernier, Pekka Rene, Yaroslav Halak, Linus Allmark, also a really interesting name. Antti Ranta, Laurent Brassois, Peter Morazic, and Devin Dubnik is the top 15. So on that list, like, Drieger, Anderson, they're both interesting and they'll both likely be available. I don't think Allmark will be available, but I don't mind him either. But there's a couple names on there that would be serviceable and guys I wouldn't mind. Are you looking at a backup as a backup spot? No, I'm thinking like if you don't want to bring back Mike Smith or if you sit there and go, now nah, we're moving on, we're getting someone younger. Like there are some interesting as the, as names As the backup spot because you're still getting Whoa. your Elvis type of goaltender, correct? Because these guys, as, uh, these guys, as their as your one B, will really affect how much you can pay, right? Because I don't think many of those guys are going to take a Smith type contract. I think a guy like Chris Drieger would be a good bet because he's a guy that you're you're going to want to sign for a short term deal to show you that he's still not just a flash in the pan, right? Yeah. He he came in this season out of nowhere and blew people away. Is he a product of goaltending coaching? Who knows? So you gotta you gotta think that that would be a guy to look at uh, at the age of 27. So he's you know a perfect kind of age for that. For this group. But, who you, but who are you rolling with them then, though? You, you start with Smith. I, w- I would say you start with Smith as your backup, but he's your starter to start. He's your starter to start. But that and then means, comes in and takes over. You That means you have to get yeah, Koskinen totally off your that. books clean. And that um, that's yeah. more difficult, right? Like, yep. This one year, there's also year, Stalock is one also. Year, yeah. It's one Stalock year is also mil, signed man. for next year as well. He is. Yeah. You do one of those trades like they made at the deadline here where we eat half and he eats half and he eats half and she eats half. Then you know we're paying two million. Someone else is paying seventeen dollars down the line, and he's off somewhere else playing. What? Yeah, like I think what would be interesting is if you work out a deal with Arizona, right, where you're giving up a few more assets because they they need assets. They got nothing after Cheka did whatever he did there, um, and like you can get Kemper in the deal, and you go like, hey, yeah, we're giving you our first next year, whatever it is, and we're chucking in this prospect because you're taking Koskinen off our hands and giving us Kemper. Like that, that would make more sense if you're going to go out and sign a Drieger and a Smith or an Anderson and a Smith. I don't think that'll happen, but if you're going to go do that, like you need to get Koskinen and clean off your books somehow. And the only way to really do that is to buy him out. And that's not exactly clean off your books. Well, any, way to, get him to, any way to get him to Seattle? You're probably paying a lot for that. And look around the league, right? Like Seattle can go get better goalies for cheap. And also, yeah, but if you're, if your asset that you're giving them as well is worth it, they might do it. Yeah, maybe. Koskinen also has a modified no trade clause as well, so he's and Koskinen some hasn't control. looked bad in the last. No, 10 he's games been great though. since Smith yeah. came back. You know, I think it'd be like a 
ticking time bomb to roll both these goaltenders come next October. I mean, the, 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 what you guys deal with in terms of, uh, in terms of chat groups and that would probably be absolutely toxic, but it would, uh, I think know, it's becoming more of a realistic option though, to be honest. Yeah, comment sections, same... You guys, well, you're going to like a, comment a, a bottle of, I don't know how you guys do deal with the comment sections to begin with. But, I used to roll a two or a three and I'm like, that's it. I like smash my computer. I just laugh the, at this point. Now. Yeah. The comment sections lit up to beg milk's point. Comment section lit up just like our, our podcast did when we signed Mike Smith last year and look how that's making us look now. So comment sections, I hope that there's no GM out there that, that runs yeah. their team via comment sections. They do. But, um, but uh, to, to beg milk's point too, if you go back to this, these two and you just sign them to a, a short-term deal again, a show-me deal with bonuses, you could get yourself out of that, that situation going forward. Do you upset any of your players going back with those goaltenders? Okay, but if going, going back with that exact tandem, do either one of them sit there and like – does it give them an uneasy feeling? Are you trying to get that actual I mean, number that depends. one to I, I make them see, feel better? Maybe, Even but like both guys it? are playing really well right now. So what could they really be pissed yeah. off about? It depends on like the numbers of the other guys. If Drieger goes to a team for $800,000, then yeah, they're going to be well, pissed. Well, I know he's not going to, but I, that's that's where I'm saying. Like, I don't and know if the team could be mad that Markstrom, that Markstrom signed the big smoke deal in Calgary and we didn't get him for more smoke. Like, I think those guys have to be realistic. Well, that's No, that's fair. That's fair. And yeah, sure, that's one guy got away. But it's been, you know, by the time that com- it'll be a year and a bit, I'd expect my GM to go out to get us a, a real number one. And that's but just you know that's, and that's who one. knows if that's what they if, who knows if that's what they think. In the but, meantime, and with, with Florida, I'm scared of that goaltender man. A one good year, yeah, Jim that's Carrey, why you got to sign him to a show, Dude, a show me deal Jim, for sure. Jim Carrey, yep, great. Actor. Not only was he in the mask, he was also won uh, the Calder Trophy for Rookie of the Year. Andrew Raycroft, scary, scary. Raycroft. Yeah. Needless to say, I think we all can agree that the Oilers are going to need some insurance. Much yeah. like what you can get from our friends at Cornerstone Insurance. Nice. If you go check them out. Thank you, Dan. Uh, cornerstoneins.ca is where you can get all your insurance needs satisfied from our friends at Cornerstone. For 90 years and four generations, Cornerstone Insurance has been a family and employee-owned business in Edmonton, and they have all of the products and services that you could ever hope to need. They even have a deal for citizens of the nation. If you just go to cornerstoneins.ca forward slash about on the left-hand side of the screen, you will see a offer for citizens of the nation. Need insurance? I recommend Cornerstone Insurance. All right, so the goaltending is obviously going to be a question that needs an answer. We're really in no different spot than we were a year ago, which is interesting in terms of goaltending. I want to look at another guy now, though. Tyler and I talked about him on Real Life yesterday. Had a bunch of chances again last night. Just can't cash things in right now. Kaylor Yamamoto, I want to start with Rick. What are you seeing in Kaylor's game? Because the effort is obviously there. The hustle is there. Everything Kaylor Yamamoto does that we love is Isn't there. Isn't it Kyler? It is Kyler. Kyler, Kaylor, no, Kyler, Kyler Yamamoto. Kyler, no, it's Kyler Murray and Kaylor Yamamoto. Really? Yeah, Kyler Murray, Kaylor Yamamoto. Now you guys are honest. Now you guys are I say that in my head almost every time I have to say his name. I'm all killer up now. Killer Yamamoto. K. Dot Yamamoto. Let's talk about K. Dot Yamamoto. Uh, again, dude, he, he 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 kind of uh, he kind of in the middle of the season, he kind of dipped away. He, you know, he wasn't as noticeable out there. Um, 
it's been of the dog days of the of the winter or whatever you want to refer to it as. So it's it's a little bit understandable. It's also his second year, so there's a little, a little bit of that going on too. But I think the last couple of games you started to see him bring up that intensity, start to play a little more uh, um, aggressive, and that will lead to the chances. And then once you get the chances, you're going to have a couple of chances that don't get scored on, and eventually they will stop going. It those they will start going in. So if he doesn't score, uh, what do we play on uh, Saturday and Monday? I think it is or something like that. Um, I do see him getting a goal in the next two or three games here, and then starting a bit of a streak. He's just uh, missed a hundred breakaways. Like, yeah, he's just oh, like, yeah. But I mean, one was a chance. crazy stop yesterday. He had the one across the across the slot where he should have uh, one timed it. Took it a bit, didn't get a real, didn't get all the wood on it. He's around the net, man. This happened to Chase on last year too. He had a whole bunch of chances. He had posts off the toe of the goalie skate, all sorts of weird things, and then bang, he's got five and four games. That same thing's gonna happen to Yamamoto here right away. He's doing all the he's doing all the all the necessary work. The the uh, the goals will come. That's what I was just going to say. Like uh, our, our friend of the, the nation network of podcasts dropping the gloves, just had Brandon Prust on this morning. And he was talking about how he always had a goal of being the coach's guy, the guy that you could just go out there and put the effort down. And the coach is going to have all time in the world for you to put goals in the net afterwards. And I think Yamamoto has always been that guy, at least for Tippett. He's always a guy that he's deep on the forecheck, trying hard, doing the right things in his own end. And the offense will come and go, but he's he's always putting in that effort. And so that's why I have all the time in the world for that kid. And he's never really seen himself demoted because of that, I think. Waz, what do you see when you're looking at Yamamoto? Uh, I'd say uh, he's very hardworking, obviously. He does the right things. He listens to Cohen. I think he's on the cusp of uh, starting to produce more offense. Obviously, we'd like to see him score more, chip in a few more assists. But he's still only 22. He's still young. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm very interested to see if, like, maybe in the playoffs we'll see a different version of Yamamoto. You know, maybe the adrenaline would get to him. He'll start just chipping in a bit more. So I like what I've seen. I've had no complaints with him. I just like see see him a bit more goals. That's all. I just he think he's this. I think he's hurting he the stick right that, now. You know, he, he needs, said last year. Go ahead, there, back milk. He just needs. You know what he needs? He's a guy that right now I think it would do him a world of good if he had a fucking puck bouncing off his ass or something like that. You know <laughs> what I mean? Just to get some of the positive vibes going. Like, I just think he is playing so well in every other facet of his game. The hustle's there. The grinding's there. The puck pursuit. All of that. It's all there. The chances are there. Like last night, even when he had that picked up that puck in the in the slot and he turned and ripped it on on Markstrom, I just don't think he knew how much time he had there. And yeah. I think that'll come along with him if he just he just needs one or two, one or just two, keep, and he can get that keep, good just, feeling going. Just keep doing what he's doing. But one thing he did say about last year in the playoffs is that he said he got a little too amped up, and he mm-hmm. you know he really couldn't find his game because he was too excited. So I think you're going to see a little bit different version of him this year where he's not too excited and he does play a lot better because of it. He was like a little puppy. Yeah, his little puppy gets too excited, you know? He wants to go in his walkies, but he's not ready yet. Um, I want to talk about James Neal quickly. Uh, real deal back in the lineup over the last couple of games. He's been battling some illness, uh, according to Gregor, throughout the season. Big goal against the Flames last night. Just really quickly on James Neal, do you think there's a spot for him on the roster when everybody is back and healthy? Because, uh, mind you, we still got Jujar that has to come back. We still got Cassian that has to come back. Where's James Neal fit? I don't think Dave Tippett would be playing him as much as he is if there wasn't a plan or a spot for him. Like I, I think that there's clearly something going on here where the Oilers think he could be of value to them in the playoffs. 
and they're going to use this last stretch of the season and they're determined to get him playing his best hockey so that they can make it work. Rick? Yeah, I think he, uh, as much as anybody had a, had a good playoffs last year, he was one of the, he was one of the players yeah. that looked okay. Um, but yeah, and it took him a while to get going here and he, he's looking better now. So I, I think there is, there's probably a spot for him. And also, uh, before I get to Dan and Waz, he's got easily, like far and away, the most playoff experience on this team right now. Yeah. And there's something to be said for that as well. Dan, your thoughts on James Neal? Yeah, I, I've said it all along. I, I feel like James Neal, when he comes onto this team, it just kind of it sparks them a little bit to shoot the puck more, which is something that they're guilty of, you know, consistently not doing. Um, so, so for me, yeah, I, I look at a guy like James Neal and I say that that's a that's a playoff guy that you need to come into games where maybe the team's struggling to get that offense going. Um, but yeah, what about you, Waz? I, I think I just like the his experience that he has that he brings to the team. I mean, he's been in the league for how long? He's got a lot of playoff experience. He knows how to shoot the puck well, when to shoot it. So I, I'm liking that he's looking a bit more confident. And once he's fully healthy, I, I really hope he can be a big ass in the playoffs with all that experience. Like Again, he's got the most playoff yeah. experience by far. So I just think that there's probably some value there. And again, you know, scored last night. Who doesn't want to see that billion-dollar smoke? Look at them chicklets. Sparkling. <laughs> Everybody needs it. Rick is talking, but he's on mute, so we cannot hear it. That there he photo, goes. that photo of James Neal smiling after Drysaddle oh, yeah. almost killed the dude on the with the camera <laughs> in Winnipeg was amazing. Was funny. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, it was one of the best I, kind I, of in the moment photos that we've seen. I, in the world. I just love how these guys know, like they they're aware of how close to death that guy was, and they're just laughing and smiling about it. <laughs> so he could play himself out of the lineup, though. He'll be in there game one, but he could play himself out. Sure. Sure. Uh, I mean, start. The, the funny thing to me last night, honestly, James Neal obviously scored a big goal. Nice shot, ripped it through Markstrom. But when he got that breakaway, I'm pretty sure even James Neal was surprised he got a breakaway because those boots <laughs> were kicking to keep going there. And it made me laugh out loud. I fucking loved it. Did you send your I thank you card it. to Calgary? Uh, no, I didn't actually, but that's a good call. I do have to do that still. Because you know what? Still want to trade. Still want to trade, baby. Uh, even when we lose to them. Exactly. Okay. Even uh, last last thing I'm going to do before we get to the Deuce Vodka Hot and Cold Performers, Tyler, get your buttons ready. Yep. Got to give Leon a shout out. This week, past Marco Sturm, all-time leader for German scoring. He is German Gretzky. And the fact that he's only done it in a handful of years so far, he's still got miles to go on this career. So he's going to run away with that record for German-born scorers. So just wanted to give a little love to Leon Dreisaitl. You are an absolute unit. This morning I tweeted it, and I will say it again here on the podcast. Thank you to the Buffalo Sabres for drafting Sam Reinhardt oh, instead yeah. of Leon Dreisaitl. <laughs> that was the gift that keeps on giving. And while you may have expected that you got the better player initially, it just didn't happen. It just did not happen. And now you get to watch him from afar do horrible, horrible things to the league, just like you get to watch Connor McDavid do horrible things to the league. Not to say that Jack Eichel's a bad player. He's just not Connor McDavid. Thank you, Buffalo Sabres. Thank you. Quick around the horn. What was our greatest accomplishments at the, by the age of 25, and were they leading the country in scoring? Yes. Nice. I am currently leading Define Canada scoring. in scoring. <laughs> like, unbelievable Myself. that at the age of tw- the ripe age of 25, he is mm-hmm. already the best player to play German hockey, and there's still another 10, 15 years yeah. to go in this guy's career. Wow. Yeah, he's got ages. Um, Something I, I tweeted about this last night, but the Oilers must have set a record in that game against Calgary. 
all three TV timeouts in the first period <laughs> were accompanied by a milestone message. It was the dry so, sidle for the German scoring. So what does that, that look like for those of us that didn't get to see it? Exactly what it looked like when there were fans in the building. I'm very confused as to mm. why they do this, but like they put up the graphic and the announcer comes on and he goes, ladies and gentlemen, like yesterday, Leon Dreisaitl scored the whatever. And they do the announcement <laughs> wow. and they put up the graphic and all the Oilers players stand up and bang their sticks on the ice. And for the dry side of one, like the Flames players tap their sticks. And then the Barry one comes up for 600 games played, which again is like a weird number of games played to even yeah. be celebrating. And they're like tapping their sticks a little bit, but like whatever. And then they do the chase on 100 goals one and the Flames like did nothing. They're just like, no, uh-uh. there's too many of these. <laughs> I love that I was- they did that. When I saw your tweet, I wanted to, I want like the first game that we're all back. I want them to just go through all of those right at the yeah, start yeah. of the game. Right? <laughs> yep. Everybody please stand, give your, pay your respects to all these individual accomplishments and the days that they have. It'll, it'll yeah. be like a, like a big brother recap. It'll be like previously at Oilers games and then <laughs> yeah, they'll like the, go through all the accomplishments. While you were gone. The opening ceremony is two and a half hours because they're running geez. through all this. Bullshit. Every single seat, every single team does it to start the year. No. Yeah. And on uh, April 29, 2021, Tyson Berry played his 600th career game. I know he's not with the Oilers anymore because he signed with wherever, but we want to give him a shout-out anyway. Once in a while, they're always an Oiler. I love that they did that. Well, imagine if Barry Barry does sign somewhere, and he's going to come back, play in Edmonton, and they're probably going to do like the tribute video, like welcoming him <laughs> back. But he would have never played in front of fans in Edmonton. It's the loudest cheer he'll ever hear. Yeah. From fans. No, see, I think in that scenario, they just need to tell like, all right, quiet in the room. And everybody at Rogers place is like, okay. And then they really crank up the fan noise. Just like <laughs> can feel like he was still a part of things. You know, that's the way to do it. I love that. I love that. So Tyler, I imagine they also put graphics together. The whole fucking thing. Yeah, the whole thing. It was like when McDavid, uh, <laughs> when McDavid scored his, uh, whatever that, what was it? Was it 500 points? Right. Um, he hit that this year and they put up that graphic for every single TV timeout the rest of the game. And I was like, who are you doing this for? There's like, the- it's like me and Jim Matheson, like at the game, no one else. Like, who's this for? Well, it's like I tweeted Johnny out last night. Too. He's just like fired up. It's like, the it's graphic like I, guys need work too. Yeah, fuck yeah. I tweeted it out last night. Like, do you think that these teams that win these divisions are going to put up banners for it? Like, is, is say Toronto wins the North Division, are they going to be the North Division champions forever because sure. this is never going to be something that we do again? And That's like, a cool banner, in my opinion. Like, yeah. and you think about it, too, like, the, the St. Louis Blues traditionally are a Central Division team. They're in the West Division this year. Now, if they won the division, are they the West Division champions? And yeah, that's their one, one and of? I, I love that idea. It's, I think it's hilarious. That's I think a good TikTok absolutely... was. TikTok this. Oh, yeah, perfect. Yeah. I there think we go. We should absolutely hang the banners up they should be proud of them but they should also take note none of them and i repeat none of them have a garth brooks banner that's only us. that's true that's only us so, you gotta put sorry. it you, you gotta put it at the bottom it's a one of one though right like it's that's that's the one caveat for every one of these banners it has to have some kind of element nah, of let people never Google had it. another chance to do this or they just be like they just put like the little you know the angry little covid19 guy with the spikes they just put that at the bottom <laughs> everybody gets uncle it. covid everybody gets it all right tyler get your buttons ready it's time for our deuce vodka hot and cold performers Ooh. of the week if you go to deucevodka.com forward slash find us first up you will see a very handsome picture of brett kissel holding a bottle of deuce vodka sitting at a lake in the mountains 
That in itself is a reason to visit the website. Now, secondly, go to Liquor Connect. There's a store locator there for Deuce Vodka, so you can find out where you can purchase this delicious nectar, and I encourage you to do so responsibly over the weekend. Okay? DeuceVodka.com forward slash find us. That's all you need to know. Get yourself some Deuce Vodka, and maybe follow Brad Stepanko on Instagram. What I don't know what his rebrand is. The Bearded Brad. Yeah. And do a nation neon nation bomb with Brad. You don't know what that is? Maybe even just head to Brett Kissel's Twitter account at Brett Kissel. He retweets it all the time. It's all a part of the Deuce Vodka machine. It's delicious. That's all you need to know. Waz, you are the new guy on this here podcast. So what we do is we do our hot and cold performance of the week, but we start with our veggies. We start with something negative from the last seven days of our lives. So I'm going to start with you, your Deuce Vodka cold performer of the week. I'll make it simple, just losing to the Flames, because I I don't like losing to the Flames ever. So simple as that. Not the best performance either. I wish we had put a better better game against them. I'll give credit to the Markstrom. He played a solid game, but yeah. That, that, I'll probably, that's it. Yeah. That's why they signed Markstrom. I hate. Dan, you cut off my button. Sorry. Don't talk. I didn't you. expect you to hit the button, Tyler. You never do. Why are you the way that you are? I hate so much about the things that you choose to be. Thank you, Michael Scott. Dan, you're next up. Your Deuce Vodka Cold Performer of the Week. My cold performer of the week is no, going to go. Oh, God! <laughs> Please! No! 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 Yep. More? Nice time. Uh, okay. My Deuce Vodka cold performer of the week is going to go out to one Andrew Ferentz, who has not I shown up you. for this team once this season yet. But yet TNT is showcasing him as one of the best players in the league, right up there with the Alexander Ovechkins. Andrew Ferentz, you got to pull your crap together, show up for this team when it matters. You're our superstar. You are the face of the league for the next seven years on TNT. Get it, get it better, be better. Thank you. That's a joke. That's an absolute joke is what it is. I love that. Shout out TNT. If you don't know what we're talking about, this is the nation's Insta. Was threw that up there. Absolutely hilarious. Rick, you're up next. Your Deuce Vodka Cold Performer of the Week. This is going to go outside the uh, the hockey world. And as a part of my work, I'm going to get every fucking penny I can out of this. But this stuff is annoying me to no end. And it's absolutely putting a, a, a black eye on a sport. It's the Floyd Mayweather and whichever fucking Logan kid that he's going to fucking uh. fight in July or whatever. Um, oh, he's doing like it. Yeah, whichever the yeah, whichever the Paul kids, I don't know. Whichever one didn't fight the other day, he's fighting them on he's gonna fight Floyd. Floyd, and I know you're not gonna do this, but please stand up for boxing. Do it for everyone before you, do it for yourself, do it for everyone after you. Come out and knock out this fucking kid in the first seven seconds. Stop, stop letting these guys run their mouths, make money, and get into a ring in front of people and bring and just tarnish the sport. Like this sport is Boxing's fantastic, and what these kids are doing to it is horrible. Come out, knock him out, knock his head off his fucking shoulders, send him home, and let him fucking and humble him. I've had enough of these kids. Knock him the fuck out. We have been hoodwinked, bamboozled, led astray, run amok, and flat out deceived. I was just on uh, TikTok last night and there was a fight where floyd mayweather was fighting this japanese dude and the purse was like 10 million bucks or whatever and floyd was 
just so grossly outmatched this kid that he was just like butterfly taunting him and he was going like this in his face before eventually knocking him out so that'd be a fun well, he result. was a pro and he was a pro back then that wasn't like an, that was an actual fight yeah he's got to fight this kid who's like 50 pounds heavier than him yeah. but floyd was had the best defense out there almost ever yeah like that but it's just putting such a black eye on the on the sport itself like someone knocked this fucking kid's head off and put them put them out, out of their misery for the for forever they just go away uh tyler you're up next your deuce vodka cold form of the week my cold performer of the week as you know i do a pregame podcast i do a pregame podcast bet of the game and i got off to a good start this year I was on a nice roll. I had like eight of my first 10 hit. It was going well. Um, Things have just hit the shits about the midway point of the season. It's going terribly. I'm down like 10 units. It's just an absolute shit show. But the last two games, I had Darnell Nurse over two and a half shots. He gets two. I had Connor McDavid over three and a half shots. He gets three. Three. So I'm just going nuts here because I'm making good bets. The research is there. I think I'm making smart plays. I'm getting screwed by these guys missing the net. And that's all it is. Um, so my pregame podcast bet it that's my cold performer they've done studies you know 60 percent of the time it works every time that doesn't make sense <laughs> hashtag fade your remchuk yep we're fade back your remchuk is back i'm gonna wrap up the negatives of the last week my cold performer of the week for deuce vodka is i don't want to do it i don't like complaining about the refs but what the fuck is going on with the refs last night was one of the weirdest refereed officiated games that I had seen in the say his name period. say his name I've been yelling his name for fucking years since Bat Benning got hit from behind right in front of him that guy didn't do shit say his name Graham Skilleter is. is trash Graham Skilleter is an absolute ter- horrible fucking referee get him out of the fucking league he's horrible and last I wish night. I was there last night I really do I would not I be able too. to talk right now I would not, I I would, my, yeah, my voice would be a little bit raspy right now. Get him out of the fucking league. He's trash. We would have heard you on TV probably last night if you were. For there. sure. <laughs> In the first period, we got back to prison rules. Nothing was being called. There was that play at center ice. Everybody knows what I'm talking about without even seeing the clip. Connor got tackled, hauled down, demolished. I don't know what was going on there. There was absolutely no call. But in the second period, <laughs> the, the story flipped and they were calling all kinds of shit. Ryan they Nugent listened Hopkins. to Twitter. They listened to Twitter and <laughs> called everything. Ryan Nugent Hopkins got called for an interference call. That was one of the weirdest things that I've ever seen. It was literally a body check on a guy that he was battling for the puck with. And he got called for interference. They went from calling nothing to calling everything. The referees in this league are trash. They do not protect their stars. Could you ever in a million years imagine LeBron James taking that kind of shit and not getting calls for it, it just would not happen. NHL referees, you are my deuce vodka, cold performer of the week, the month, the year, eternity. I hate you. I fucking hate you. Bring on the robot refs. Are you thrilled? I'm not. Was. Mm. What player in soccer and footy would you compare that to with the LeBron analogy? Messi. Probably Messi, yeah. Yeah, getting yeah. that kind of mistreatment or, and they wouldn't Ronaldo. let it happen. Yeah. Yeah. I know my soccer was. Oh, I'm going to be Perfect. appearing on the soccer Alfonso Davies. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, in the soccer world, the officiating is pretty bad. It's almost as bad as the NHL. So that's, Yeah, well, that's a scary thought, right? That's, yeah. a, that's a terrifying thought, really. What, what they can do, what they can say to officials in soccer is absolutely asinine. Like, you'd never see NHL players get up to a uh, referee like that. That's crazy what mm-hmm. they can do. 
I have no, those refs, I have no, like, I have bow down. Like, well done, guys. You guys keep your temper very fucking well. <laughs> well, also, their lives are on the line. Those guys. Their lives are often on the line as well. So, they have, they have a little bit more at stake. Soccer fans are known to be reasoned individuals. That In certain teams, certain so I, teams. I, I saw a video of players getting chased out of their stadium by their fans was, last week. That was, so. that was Schalke. That's, that was Schalke. Oh, they got, yeah. They, yeah, they, got, they, got, they bought, bumped down a league. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, if the Oilers got relegated out of the NHL, I'm pretty sure we'd do the exact same thing. So, Or, de- depending on which era we're talking about, it would just be like, yeah, I get it. You know, I got it. <laughs> All right, we're flipping the ledger. We're talking uh, about the positives in our lives from the last seven days. Let's finish off this podcast on a high note. Up top on my screen is Tyler. You're up yeah. first. Your deuce vodka hop from the league. Uh, I have a few written down here. So I know I'm thinking, I'm thinking. Uh, I'm going to go with the news that sort of just came down the pipe here that the women's worlds are going to find a new home in Canada and it's going to come at the end of August. Uh, You know, it was really disappointing to see see the government out in Halifax make the choice that they did. But I'm happy to see some mystery city. I think it might even be Edmonton has stepped up and taken this on and they're going to find a way to make the women's worlds work as they absolutely should. Yep. So uh, shout out to that news. I, I like it a lot. I like this right here. Rick, you're up next. Your Deuce Vodka Hot Performer of the Week. Okay, well, I, I was going to say, I got this little one, Joe Thornton, this, this, this tweet out here with Joe Thornton and this other dude from Winnipeg in the box, and they're chirping back and forth together. And somebody put on the old, uh, put an onion on my belt, little skit from, uh, <laughs> from Grandpa Simpson. I thought it was absolutely hilarious. I laughed at it for about three hours straight. But my Hot Performer will be, the NFL draft and the celebrations you get to see when players get selected in their little this year, they got little cubicles going on. You know, you've got a couple family members in there. Uh, there just seems to be a little more emotion um, out of them. And even to, even to the guys, the people watching than you see in the NHL. I don't know what exactly it is, but just seeing those players, they, 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 they get their name dropped. They get the name called and that long ass walk and then they got to go have their thing with uh with the, with the commissioner um i just think they do it so well so nfl draft and uh the celebrations in particular that's my hot performer yeah! there was a lot of want to see them on the boats though there was a lot of really aggressive Roger Goodell hugs last night when I was watching the first round. Oh, dude, I love those. The big fellas get in there and give them a bear hug and shake them around a bit. Yes, a they do. Ribs. Yes, they do. There was a lot of passionate Goodell hugs. Could you imagine Gary <laughs> Bettman getting the big cuddles like that? It just wouldn't happen. It would be funny, though, because Gary Bettman, he's, he's accepted the whole booing thing. He embraces it. He has some fun with it. Um, yeah, it's just they don't have the same um, interaction that the, <laughs> the players do. What if Gary Bettman had like a unique handshake for every single player that came up on that the stage and all of a sudden he's just, you know, he's just giving high fives and he's jumping up and high fiving guys. Just be good. That'd stuff. be great. Cause he's also like five foot five. So it'd be hilarious. Actually, you know what? Roger Goodell, like you're talking about the secret handshakes. He connected really good on some bro hug, like that first, you know what I mean? Dude, he, he spent a whole year practicing those. He's Could put you a 10,000 hours in. Yeah, his assistant, his assistant is probably doing those 50,000 times a day. So, dude, the big camera is out there for drafting. They've updated the Goodell bot 2.0. Waz, you're up next. Your Deuce Vodka Hot Performer of the Week. Mm, well, I, I was going to mention the TikTok I made uh, about Pugliarvi and flirting because I did really well. <laughs> but uh, I'll go with... the shout out, buddy. Yeah, man, it, it did well. But I want to go with Nail Yakupov. Hey. Uh, he's a champion. HL champ. You, you got to love to see it. So say now pronounce yeah, the name of the cup. Go ahead. The Gargarin Cup. 
There you go. Huh? There we go. That wasn't yeah. that hard at all. Also, <laughs> it's a beautiful trophy. Also, a bonus shout out to Josh Park for the ridiculous yeah. Rack City mashup that he made for Wanye regarding Neil Yagpov. And fun fact, I'm still trying to get him on this podcast, and I messaged him right after they won the championship, and he looked at it right away. So he was just oh, he, and was he posted fucking, wow. and he posted an image of himself at the bar. So I was he like, was well, loaded, we're not getting a response yeah. to that one, but hey. Man, he's he was loaded. He was playing on his phone. That notification popped up as he was about to click something yep. there and accidentally opened yeah. it. Yeah. No, no, he, no, no. Neil Yakupov, friend of the show. He's coming on, and I'm getting him on oh, now. We'll get like, him on. No problem. He's the cup champ. I'd like to pick. Uh, I'd like to make a bet. You know, when is Neil Yakupov going to come on this show? Mm-hmm. Is it going to be within six months? Within twelve months? You know, mm-hmm. I'm relentless in the DMs. So, well, that's why I think we need some bets on the table here, boys. <laughs> Six. Within six. Off six season, months, buddy. Off season. Off season yeah. dance perseverance. It's a great, what if I get uh, him? What if combo. I can get him for the day before the playoffs? Well no, his season before done. the playoffs. His season's done. That's the important yeah, part. That's what he said last time, right? Yep. Yep. And it, I think he also asked for permission, which is a huge mistake by any people that yeah, want to come yeah, on this podcast. You don't want to ask him, but no. Go <laughs> check to see if it's okay to come on a podcast that's listened to by thousands and thousands of Oiler fans. Nell Yakupov. We'll talk to you soon, buddy. I don't know where I was at. Was I with Dan? Dan, your hot yeah. performer of the week? Your Dizbach hot performer of the week? Uh, well, in previous years, I think that this would be the the main focus of the end of our season after we've been eliminated. But it's a nice little footnote that we can all enjoy. It's the McCentury chase. Mm. We are we are all having some fun with this. Connor McDavid doesn't care at all about it. The fans give so much more love to it and i i'm just excited to see it happen when Connor mcdavid gets those 100 points which would translate into about roughly 140 points in a regular season that's gonna be a pretty special moment and we're all here for it so mccentury you're my deuce vodka hot performer of the week pour it on the funny thing about the chase for the mccentury is we did the points predictions before the season started and dan's been retweeting them nightly after the games I predicted 81 points in 56 games, which was close to his points per game from last year. And I am looking so stupid with that guess. It is amazing. Now, yes. that said, yeah. I am also going to take full credit if he gets there that Connor McDavid used my low ball prediction as his motivation. So I am Connor's muse. Thank you very much. Dude, he's not even playing the fight. He's not even playing all the games. Like he was, we was, it was. What was it, 10 games and 19 points? He wasn't going to get there because he's not playing all 10 games. Credit to you, Bag Milk, though, because as much as you were wrong with the McDavid points, you were cl- you're were you probably going to be closest for the Dreisaitl points. You had 79 for Dreisaitl, and he's currently sitting at 67. So, Every now and then I get things right, Was Every now and then I get things right. <laughs> Wrapping things up, my Deuce Vodka Hot Performer of the Week. How could I not? How could I not? Ryan Nugent Hopkins, four points in four games since returning from concussion, two goals. He had a beauty against Winnipeg the other night, that quick little snap that he's got that's low and unstoppable. I love my boy. And as we said a couple of weeks ago, maybe last week, if he can get going before the playoffs, that would be a massive addition for the Oilers because he is still the team's third best forward. He can still put the puck in the net. And if he gets a little bit of confidence, gets that snapshot going again, yet he's going to pile up some goals here. I just realized also that he's always been, he's almost been on this team for like 10 years. It's crazy. Yeah. crazy. yeah. It's amazing. And he still looks the exact same as the day. <laughs> so God bless him. Hail Satan for whatever deal that made that <laughs> made that happen. There you go. There's our Deuce Vodka 
hot performers and cold performers. So I want to go ahead and thank Sherwood Ford, the giant, skip the dishes, cornerstone insurance, and dues. I'm so sad you can't, you didn't give him a button push, bag milk. Who didn't get a button push? He didn't get to give you a button push. Also, I got a couple of these. One, bag milk, you get a hot, (laughs) bag milk, you get a button push. He's a hot guy. Also, I feel like you guys didn't appreciate the new buttons I put in for this episode. Of course I did. How dare you? The Michael Scott buttons always not. No, I have new ones just for this episode. I have two new Jack Michaels buttons. I can't believe it! And this one. Pour it on! They're great. Okay. Okay. I'm coming down the stretch. We need coming down the stretch. (laughs) Down the stretch they come! (laughs) Wow, that was actually a really good impression. I I thought that was him. Thank you. I love Jack because not only does he do a great call. I mean, we've been pumping Jack's tires now for three weeks on this podcast, but the flowery, flowery language he uses to describe the play, his choice of vocabulary is also adding another layer for it to me. Like his descriptors are so funny and it just makes me happy. And Jack, you were my bonus hot performer of the week. Tyler, new button. Okay. Well, you all you wanted. You meant press. You meant press it. Oh, <laughs> Tyler Newbutt. Uh, I'm sorry. Why well, I already flipped away from it. Tyler Newbutt. Turn it on. I can't uh, believe it. <laughs> we need. We need to get you a whole just bar full of Jack Michael's buttons. I know that's kind of the goal, actually. How does it work, by the way? Take us behind mean? the scenes on your button. Yeah, what, what do we need? Well, I just so I have like oh. the colorful buttons there, and then up here. There's a little screen. So like there's only two, four, six, eight buttons, but I have eight different screens I can flip between. And like as I flip between the screens, they change which buttons do what. So that's so means 64 buttons. 64 I can have 64 buttons. buttons. I have a lot of them filled up though. Like I think I only have maybe 10 left. We can do you have a sheet? Do you have a sheet written down of what they all are? No, I just remember which ones are on which page. Good Come on, you. what's what's page three, button five? Oh fuck! Not like that intense. But like I know, I know my uh, pregame podcast intros are on this last or second last page. So I can flip through okay, all the podcast yeah, yeah. intros and extras for the normal podcasts are on the first two pages. So and the hot and cold performers ones are like mushed in the middle. We have it. So There's, I know I can flip. Hey, look at the Roadcaster Pro, where Tyler yep. hides his buttons. Again, we're gonna try this again. We're gonna wrap it up. Sherwood Ford, skip the dishes, Cornerstone Insurance, and Deuce Vodka. Thank you. More importantly, thank you to you, the listener, for inviting us in your ear holes. We appreciate massaging your brain with our hot takes. Now, what I need from you is reviews on this here podcast. I just checked. There was nothing new. Please leave reviews. Even there's a bunch of people that have left reviews where they just wanted to contribute a line or an idea or a question to the podcast. If you want to do that, we'll read it. That's how it works. That's how it works. Leave us your reviews. Tell a friend. Tell your aunties and uncles. Tell all your cousins and your coworkers. Weather's Nation Radio fresh episodes come out every Friday. Was? And Clinchmas. Clinchmas. We're going to do a special Clinchmas episode as well. We discussed that. We approved it. Motion granted. Stay tuned talk for a special Clinchmas episode. We'll, we'll talk Sunday morning then, man. Maybe. Could be interesting. Or Saturday we night. Yeah. We might have to get a little bit greasy. It's coming in, man. It's, it's, it's this weekend. Was thanks for joining us, buddy. No worries. It was fun. If you're on TikTok, if you're on Instagram, chat with Was. Say hi. Respond to your comments. I promise. I try my best. He's good like that. He's good like that. From all of us here at Weathers Nation Radio, this is episode 136 in the, or 135, sorry, in the books. Down the stretch we come. Playoffs, Battle of Alberta tomorrow. Ooh, 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 ooh. God. Lastly, this is never going to (laughs) end. 
around the horn real quick. Score prediction for tomorrow night. How can we not? 900 nothing. Wow, big game. Dan, <laughs> score prediction. 901 to nothing. Fuck me. A, Rick, Price is right at me. What a dick. 6-1, Edmonton. Was? Oh, 4-1, Edmonton. 5-2, Edmonton for me, legitimately. 4-2, Edmonton for legitimately. Put him away, kick him off the ledge. That scene from 300 where Gerard Butler says, this is Sparta, and kicks that guy in the fucking pit. That's what I want the others to do. This is, this is Alberta. That is it for episode 135. I'm not going to stretch this out any longer. Tyler's getting mad at me. Thank you for being here. Enjoy your weekend, everybody. Hello, Damien. Best wishes. Thanks for listening to Oilers Nation Radio, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Make sure to follow us on all of our social media to stay up to date and never miss a podcast. Oh, wait. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.